Hello, everyone, and welcome to They Might Be Librarians, a podcast of the Plainfield Guildford Township Public Library. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and watch us on YouTube. Today, uh, we have the Laurens. I'm Lauren W., and I work with the teens. And I am Lauren M. I do the cataloging, and I purchase the adult materials. And then we also have some guests with us. We have Maureen. Hi, everyone. I'm Maureen. I work in the children's room. And we have Megan. Hi, I work in the library and collection services and we're really excited because we get to talk about books today our favorite topic and we also know that a lot of us really read a lot in our spare time Uh, maureen exactly how many books did you say you had read this year i believe i'm at 170 170 books i've read three (laughs) (laughs) and i thought i was doing well at 132 yeah i'm only at 70 i'm about 25 books behind schedule according to Goodreads, so we'll see. And if you feel like you were behind, don't worry. We're going to tell you about a whole bunch of books today that you just may want to check out from us. So we do want to talk about some library stuff first. We will be closed on Christmas Eve, so December 24th, and we will be closed for Christmas as well on the 25th. We will also be closed for New Year's Eve on the 31st and then on January 1st for New Year's Day. So, Maureen, can you tell us about some fun stuff going on in the children's room this month? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We have our gingerbread game going on right now, which is really awesome. It's a life-size interactive game. So children and their families can come in, and they can uh, build a gingerbread cookie on a cookie sheet, and they'll get a small prize afterwards. Um, So far, everyone's really been liking it. Okay. I watched a couple of kids play it, and it was so adorable, but it was also really funny because when they would land on a gingerbread man, then they would get to put another piece of the gingerbread man together, and here's something like, yes, I get a foot! (laughs) We had a lot of unintentionally ominous lines like, where are our body parts when we were playing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So fun, and with a little hint of creepy, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) So it looks like we'll be talking about our favorite books from 2018, and then also what we'll be looking forward to in 2019. Yay! Sorry. Sorry. I didn't know if anybody else. Okay. One exciting thing we're doing on Thursday, December 13th, is we're having a Mary Poppins party to get ready for Mary Poppins Returns. So yeah, I'm really excited about this. Well, I'm also one of the people putting it together, so I guess I'm a little biased, but... Uh, so Thursday, December 13th, from 5.30 to 7, upstairs at the library, we're going to have a party. We are going to have all sorts of Mary Poppins-themed snacks. We're going to have a spoonful of sugar relay race. We're going to have paper kite making, chalk drawings. We're going to have all sorts of fun stuff. So I'm, I'm excited for everybody to stop by. I heard there was also going to be penguin bowling. Oh, yes, the penguin bowling. Yeah. I think that will be fun. There's also pin the bow on the penguin. We're very penguin-oriented in this one. Well, who doesn't love penguins? I mean, right. You should offer a special prize if someone can do an amazing penguin dance, like, like Dick Van Dyke did. I was going to say, pull down their pants yeah. a little bit and just waddle around. <laughs> well, that could actually, that, that, maybe Not that's a bad idea. Pants, sorry. <laughs> You know what I mean. <laughs> I do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. But I think that'll be fun. Um, has anybody here read the original books? Yes. yes. See, okay, I was going to say, I knew at least somebody would. So is it anything like the at least the original one with the original movie? Is it anywhere similar? 
I would argue no. Okay. Um, maybe I'm not the best person to speak about this because I read the first book and was so angry reading oh. it because I did not like Mary Poppins in the book. I thought she was mean. Oh. I thought she was nasty. I thought she gaslit her charges. And maybe I'm just being a little dramatic. But I was just like, gosh, the, I like the movie better. And that's supposed to be blasphemy. But that's kind of where I was. I liked Julie Andrews portrayal of Mary Poppins better than the source material. If you've seen Saving Mr. Banks, which is about him creating Mary Poppins, the uh, Travers, mm-hmm. she goes on about how Mary Poppins was not this type of person. That's true. And he's like, oh, no, we're going to do this. We're going to put some animated penguins in here. And she's like, no, please, please don't. <laughs> Let's not do that. But Maureen, you've read it, correct? I have. I've read a couple books in the series, actually. Um, so I'm excited because I think the new movie is supposed to be based on the second book, actually. Yeah, okay. so, so that'll that be fun. That's where yeah. I was heading. That's, mm-hmm. I think that'll be very interesting. Plus, I mean, I don't feel like a good librarian saying that I haven't read either of those, but I'm still excited for the second movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the Celtic Holiday music with Emily Ann and Kelly Thompson. I'm really not someone who's that interested in holiday music in particular but i love celtic music and so saturday december 15th from 2 to 3 p.m we will be hosting the uh, the two musicians emily and and kelly and it's open to the public i think it's going to be beautiful i really look forward to hearing their interpretations on traditional holiday music and traditional celtic music I absolutely love Celtic music. Um, there's a couple of, I, there's obviously Celtic woman who plays Celtic music, but I also listen to, and now I can't remember her name, <laughs> but there's another Celtic musician who, um, she does a lot like Arthurian Celtic style, and she sings about like King Arthur's court and things like that, but in a huh. Celtic version. Well, that's cool. Well, that'll be very interesting. So yeah, again. Emily Ann and Kelly Thompson, Celtic Holiday Music, Saturday, December 15th from 2 to 3 p.m. Come out for it. You will not regret it. That sounds good to me. Um, Also, on Monday, December 17th from 3.15 to 4.15, with the teens, we are doing DIY holiday cards. Um, We have a lot of fun Christmas-themed stickers and cards that are just blank so the kids can do whatever they want with them. It'll be an easy way for them to get something for their parents or their friends at school or whatever, and they won't have to go to, like, I don't know, Five Below or Target or wherever and buy anything because we all know they spend all their money on the vending machines. So, you know, I think it'll be well, a lot yeah, of fun. they're to... teens. They're hungry. <laughs> right. I mean, what else are they supposed to do with that? So I think it'll be fun to see what they come up with and if they end up actually giving them to anybody or if they just have fun with it. I'm not originally from Indiana, and I've never known what this game is, but what is Euchre? You can I don't hear even, I don't the silence. Know. We are all shocked. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. You are. Yes, you, are. you did pronounce it correct. It is not Iukra. It is Euchre. Um, okay, Euchre is a card game. It involves uh, four people. Um, the person who is sitting across from you at the table is your partner. And I honestly am not sure how much more detail to go into right now because I don't know how much and how little you know about it um you only play with um cards nine through ace uh and it's all four suits and you have to uh, basically win 
hands. You have to win tricks. And if you win three tricks, then you get a point. And it makes a lot more sense if you're actually sitting down and playing with it. Uh, but since most of our listeners are from the Midwest, um, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and skip the tutorial and tell Megan about it later. Um, <laughs> but uh, Saturday, December 29th from 1 to 4 p.m., we are having our Euchre for Seniors program. It's always hugely popular and we're always looking for more people. Everyone is welcome. All right. And now for our personal favorite part, the book talking. Yay! <laughs> So uh, the one thing that we really wanted to um, focus on today is um, you know the, the books that we have read this year that we thoroughly enjoyed and that we would like to recommend to you. But also, we are going to talk about books that are coming out next year. And I'm going to have to have everyone keep me on track because there is one book coming out next year that I'm so excited for that I might take over the entire podcast <laughs> if they don't stop me talking about this. <laughs> so I will let somebody else start us off. The first book that I remember reading, I may have read more. I read actually a new book or anything. I read Flowers in the Attic. Had you read it before? No, I just really felt like I needed to read it. I'm not going to lie. It took me like three times checking it out to finish it just because I have a really busy schedule. I feel that. But I really wanted to read it and I finished it and I loved it. And I plan to finish the series someday, (laughs) but it's a classic and... I mean, V.C. Andrews still has books coming out, despite the fact that I'm pretty sure she's gone. But <laughs> there's still books coming out. Hmm. Uh, Do you know how many books are in that series? I have no idea. Uh, I want to say it's like six. Okay. But there's it's a long series. And then she's got other series as well. But that was the first book that I remember reading this year. I'm sure there were others, but that's just the first <laughs> I've heard that series gets weirder and weirder as it goes on, too. It was pretty weird in the first book, but, I mean, I remember watching the movie growing up, and it was sad, but I really liked it. I mean, I was always a weird kid, and I liked the true crime stuff, so. We all have a little bit of darkness in us, except maybe Lauren W. Well, that's not true. I was really into a series of unfortunate events. Oh, okay. I was a, I was a strange young child. <laughs> that, that was a weird series as well, yeah. right from the get-go. Yeah. So, Maureen, with all 170, do you have any that are just standing out for you? Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, Let's see. So, I kind of read a couple different age groups. Um, Obviously, since I work in the children's room, I like to stay up with that. That's good. Um, So, I think probably my favorite children's book I read this year was uh, Be Prepared by um, Vera Brosgol. Um, she's had a couple of picture books out, and she's illustrated some other books, but this was her first, like, full-length graphic novel. Okay. Um, and it's about her as a girl going to Russian camp, um, and it's great for kids who love Raina Telgemeier and, mm. like, Shannon Hale's real friends and can't get enough of that uh, graphic novel, memoir, stories about the author when they were younger type things. So that's a good recommendation for my niece. She loves Raina Telgemeier. Yes. I I mean, she's so popular and I think her fans always want more books like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's cool. So um, that one's a memoir then. Yes, it is. Um, I think she was there in like the nineties. Um, so it's technically historical fiction. Well, (laughs) yeah. Make us all feel old. Okay. (laughs) That one sounds really good. Yeah. I really like her art style, too, so it's a nice, easy read. Okay. What other um, 
sections of books do you read in? Um, let's see. So I know you and I, Lauren W, both read YA, but I feel like yeah. we read for like very different areas of yes, YA. We do. <laughs> I also like to read the young adult um, fiction. It's because it's great. Yeah. It is. Um, so I think my favorite from that one was Tess of the Road by Rachel Hartman, okay. um, which is a se- sequel. She has three books out now. Um, and I feel like she just keeps getting, like, stronger and stronger as a writer, which is always nice. Yeah. Um, and this one is fantasy that uses, like, dragons and fantastic creatures to kind of talk about real-life issues. Um, and sometimes that can be great for readers if they right. are trying to kind of work through some stuff. But it's also very funny in places, and it has this nice historical fiction aspect to it, too, that... Um, I just really enjoyed it and thought it was a great one. Have you read Serafina? I have not. She, you know, I have like the longest quote unquote long list of books to read and she's definitely on there. I just have never even gotten close to that yet, unfortunately. I know there's great reviews and Yeah, I think it won the Morris Award when it first came out. Right. Yeah. I can never get around to the actual award winners. I'm always busy reading the ones that aren't that great for some reason. (laughs) Because they're compulsively readable and you have to talk to kids about all kinds of books, not just the award winners. That is true, yes. That's very true. I'll justify anyone's reading habits. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) I think the only young adult book I read this year was Simon vs. Homo Sabian's Agenda. Oh, Oh, I love that book. And I watched the movie as well, which Mm -hmm. is titled Love, Simon, which I also enjoyed. And I really want to read Leah on the Offbeat, which Mm -hmm. is the second book. Well, don't worry. We've got it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's what I do. I check them in all day long. That's right. My to-be-read list is probably as long as yours, if not longer. (laughs) Yes. It's hard not to have a long to-be-read list when you work at a library. (laughs) That's true. One series that's not really a series that I've been into this year, I've read three of them so far, um, is the DC Icon series. So DC had a lot of very popular way authors um, do adaptations of popular DC characters. Um, and I, I think Wonder Woman actually came out at the end of 2017, but I've read the three of them this year. So there's Wonder Woman by Lee Bardugo, Batman by Marie Lu, and Catwoman by Sarah J. Mass, which I read all three of those this year. And I liked all of them. I'm not a DC person. I'm actually more of a Marvel person. But these books were pretty well done. I was very excited to see that. It was kind of weird um, to have Batman done by one author and then Catwoman done by another author. And they didn't seem to be in the same world, if that makes sense. So like Batman in Catwoman was older. Yes. Oh, I see. Yeah. So he was older in Catwoman and seemed to be personified differently. Um, so I don't know. I think that was very interesting. So in that one, they have Batwing, the, the bat character that Catwoman mm. is interacting okay. with. Um, I think really I, good. I picked that one up, checking it in oh, and really? read the synopsis. They're good. I highly recommend them. I, and for those of you who might be a little hesitant thinking I'm an adult, I don't really read YA or I'm not really that into, you know, comic book characters, whether it's DC or Marvel, I will tell you that I got a grown man in his 70s to read Wonder Woman by Lee Bardugo and he loved it and was totally in for the rest of it so so I mean if it appeals to 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 someone in that demographic it could probably appeal to you too 
I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Thanks. That was some good reader's advisory over there. Why, thank you. <laughs> that's, I mean, seriously, these books are very well done. I am also, I'm going to weirdly skip ahead to 2019 for a second because Superman comes out next year. Ah. And so that's the fourth of the series. As far as I know, there's just going to be these four. There okay. could be more for all I know. Um, but they've been really pushing these four. And that one's by Matt De La Pena. And I'm really interested to see that one because I think it'll be focusing on Clark Kent as an immigrant. Because um, Matt De La Pena writes a lot about um, Hispanic immigrants mm-hmm. and things like that. So I think that'll be very interesting to see that spin on Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I think the synopsis is essentially he's learning how to deal with his power and all that stuff. But then he runs into somebody and then he discovers that other people are holding secrets in Smallville. So um, and there's some sort of like sinister underbelly thing going on. So I'm curious to see that one. That one comes out on February 12th. So I'm eagerly awaiting that one. I'm curious if that will tie up at all, because um, Gwenda Bond did a couple of mm. Lois Lane YA novels, oh, yeah. but like a few years ago before right. the most recent movies. So they probably won't tie up, but those See, are fun too. I know, and that's what I, I really like this concept of the DC icons, and that's why I called it not mm-hmm. really a series, because none of them actually seem to be going with each other. And the Gwenda Bond books, I don't think are related to these at all too, so I don't think they're I don't just, think Superman here will relate to yeah. Lois Lane over there, you know. It's just a group of books yes. that are in the same universe, sort yes, of, but exactly. it's told from different authors' perspectives. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're lumped together in a quote-unquote series. Yes, exactly. Yep. But it's very good. I recommend it they're to standalones. anybody, pretty much. So if I you like adventure. men. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, now, for me, I have been reading, like, a really weird, strange variety of books. Um, well, I generally do, but this year I feel like I've especially <laughs> been hitting, like, every genre. Um, I recently read The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay. It is a horror novel, which, if most of you know me, you know I'm definitely into horror. Definitely. <laughs> but this is, it was a very different type of horror. I was very impressed by it. Um Basically, um, this family of three, uh, these two men and their adopted daughter, go out to a cabin for a long holiday weekend. And while they're there, this very strange, very creepy cult approaches the cabin and tells them that they have to make a choice. One of the three of them has to die in order to avoid the apocalypse. Oh, fun. Yeah. And the cult doesn't make that decision. They have to make that decision. Timmy, you're going away now. Sorry, Timmy. But we got to save the world. It's And, you know, like, at first they're just kind of like, you people are insane. We need to either run away or we need to call the cops. And then um, the, the cult is able to, like, break into the cabin and they tie them up. And then they start showing them the news of all these disasters that are happening, huh. trying to get them to believe that this is actually going to occur. Uh, but... You also get the perspective of some of the cult members, and it humanizes them. They aren't just these mustache-twirling villains. You know, they're, they're actual real people, and it gets into the, the psyche of these people and why they would suddenly believe this. Somebody drink the Kool-Aid. But also, at the same time, I loved the fact that there was a whole new perspective that we don't normally get in horror in that uh, the, the adult couple is uh, a gay couple. Oh, and so, you know, they're they're dealing with the fact like, okay, so are these people insane 
or is this a hate crime and they're trying to pull like this really deadly prank on a gay couple because of homophobia and Mm -hmm. i loved that perspective as well so if you want a good terrifying novel that also gives you a lot to chew on i highly recommend the cabin at the end of the world by paul tremblay i'm currently reading meddling kids by edgar Cantera, I think that's what his name is, but it's kind of like Scooby-Doo meets the Hardy Boys meets Nancy Drew meets Lovecraft, and it started out really slow, but it's kind of getting really creepy. I'm about halfway through the book, and there are, it's very much like Scooby-Doo. They have a dog even, but... (laughs) Do they have a mystery machine? They have a old station wagon. Okay, I mean, close enough, <laughs> Close <guess>. enough. <laughs> but it's very Lovecraftian, like they mentioned, like the Necronomicon, and it's creepy, but it's also not creepy, so if you're looking for something that's maybe got a little bit of a comedy aspect to it, as well as horror, that seems to be pretty good. Um, I'm quite enjoying it. Like I said, I'm about halfway through it. Um, there are a couple of twists and turns. There's a lot of uh, hints and nudges towards, like, Scooby-Doo and Hardy Boys. There was a a reporter. Her name was Nancy Hardy. And oh, there's a river called the Zoinks River. <laughs> I love tie-ins like that and things. Like, it was, it's just very, it, it just, it connects me to my childhood. So yeah. it just makes me feel young again which I mean I'm not even that old but (laughs) it just brings that childhood back and mixes it with my adult creepiness liking my horror and uh, I really do quite enjoy the Lovecraftian tie-in sounds good well and then at the other end of the spectrum um, this came out last year in 2017 but I read it this year it's Class Mom by Laurie Gelman have any of you read this? no Okay, just the title alone, if you don't have children, you might think, oh, well, I can't relate to this, but it's it's wonderful. It's hilarious. This woman, Jen Dixon, has two college-age daughters, and she's kind of done the single mom thing. She also did kind of a wild rock and roll groupie thing. You know, she's really lived a very full life, but she's finally settled down, and she has a young son who is going to be starting kindergarten. So she's already like 20 years older than most of these other parents. But her best friend is the PTA president and talks her into being the kindergarten class mom and organizing the parent-teacher conferences, you know, sending out emails about class parties and whatnot. And so she volunteers under duress <laughs> and... Um, she immediately makes waves with everyone because she sends out these crazy emails. Like, she's asking for bribes for prime parent-teacher conference times and the schedule. And she's, you know, making sarcastic comments about how long it takes someone to reply to an email or whatever. And she's doing it all lightheartedly. And some people think it's hilarious. And some people think it is offensive. Right, so she's, yeah, so she's balancing that. Um, and... Again, you know, it's if, if even if you're not a mom or a parent, really having to deal with, you know, class parents and parent-teacher conferences and stuff like that, you still can really relate to this character. That's one of the things I loved about the book was I still related to Jen. I laughed out loud at so many things that she did because I'm thinking, oh yeah, that's totally what I would do, and like I would get mom. into trouble just like her. So, um, 
Yeah, even if you're not a parent, I highly recommend Class Mom by Laurie Gelman. It is a wonderful read. It goes very quick. It's very funny. And it's pretty light. There are some storylines that could have been potentially depressing, but uh, Gelman really does a good job of keeping it upbeat and along with the theme of the comedy of the book. That's kind of nice. Some books just kind of get you down after reading through them for a while. Oh no, this one I felt like I was on cloud nine afterwards. I loved it. So I am a bit excited for it. It is another young adult novel, uh, Queen of Air and Darkness. Oh, which yeah. is the latest in Cassandra Clare's Shadowhunters universe. I have it on pre-order. It should be coming in the mail like the next day or two. Nice. Uh, I know we have it here. We have two copies here. Yes, yes, <laughs> we do. And I geeked about it to Lauren, uh, Lauren M. Right. So um, I geeked about that a bit. But I am very into that universe. I used to own them all, like the entire universe. That could and take an entire bookshelf itself. It did. And I gave them all to my sister and I gave her a list of here's the reading order. <laughs> and because she's 13. And so I'm kind of excited to have this next book come in and I'm going to read it. And then I'm going to send it to my sister and hey, say, hey, read it because she lives across the country. But mm. I'm very excited for this continuation of this universe. And she's got a couple of more books coming out next year. Yeah, I saw that. I think she's got a Magnus series coming out as well as there's a sequel to the prequel. Oh, of course. So, just to make it more complicated. Right? So I, I'm very excited about those books coming out next year. And again, pre-ordered. So I'm ready and in the game. Well, good. That sounds like it'll keep you busy for a while. Well, I guess on that same note, there's a series that my siblings and I have all really gotten into over the past few years, and the last book is finally coming out in March 2019. Um, It's The Return of the Thief by Megan Whelan-Turner. And so, just for context, the first book came out the same year as the first Harry Potter book. Oh, man. Oh, and wow. number six. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been that, waiting a long time. Wasn't that in, like, 98? 1997, yes. Oh, man. That's we've been waiting a long time. Yeah. So, we're all pretty excited about that one. Um, and yeah, I, I can to see how it turns out. <laughs> that is exciting. I love when you get to live through a whole series. Yes. I'm just very glad it's finally happening. So. Right. Of course. Yeah. Um, speaking of books that are 20 years old, um, Lori Halls Anderson, who wrote Speak 20 years ago. I loved that book yes. and that movie. And just everything. And the graphic novel. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen the graphic novel yet. Oh. I mean, I've seen it. I checked well, it in, but I haven't have read it. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so she's coming out with a poetic memoir-ish book that is called Shout. And so yes. it's about how, um, like, her own personal experiences that she doesn't really talk about with people, but that kind of sparked the topic of speak, which is about um, a teenager who at a party is raped and she calls the police and everybody is upset with her the whole school year and alienates her because they don't know actually what happened, but she feels like she cannot talk about it, which is why it's called speak. Um, So this book is called Shout. It's talking about Lori Halls Anderson's um, experiences, but also it's kind of a call to action, it looks like, um, for people now and the the Me Too movement and all of that kind of thing. So it's very, I'm very interested in reading that, I actually I'm got sold. A, well, yeah, and I actually got to pick up an arc at a conference that I was at, and I haven't been able to read it yet because, I mean, who has the time to read everything on the reading list? But I'm really excited about it. The book that I am the most excited about, and I warned you all that I'm going to have to be kept under control, is we'll get you. We'll a, hit you. It's Early Riser by Jasper Ford. If you know me, you know that Jasper Ford is my favorite author. I have read 
every book he has written, and he's also notoriously slow about writing books, so it it drives me crazy. Um, But this book, Early Riser, is a brand new book in a brand new series, and it takes place in a fantasy world where humans hibernate during winter. Now, me personally, I don't like winter, so that sounds great to me. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Yes, I love this idea. Can I just hibernate? Like, I don't have to work, don't have to go do anything, no grocery shopping, I'm just going to sleep the whole right? winter. Right? It'd be great. Uh, there are a select group of people who are in charge of making sure that everyone else is okay while they're sleeping. Oh, and that's, that's probably good. They yeah. take care of my dog, you know, feed her, yeah. take her out while um, I sleep. Yeah, they're called the Winter Console, and they are basically a giant group of misfits you know that it's okay that they're kind of hidden from everybody else because everybody else is just like yeah okay whatever go sit over there in the corner and maybe i'd be in that group exactly yeah um but um it's um the main character's first year uh, the main character's name is charlie it's charlie's first year on the winter console and um they're noticing some real problems while people are sleeping. There seem to be what they call these viral dreams. And these dreams are contagious, and then they become lethal. And so then people are Freddy dying in sleep? You know, I'm wondering if it's going to be like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> you know, I mean, some things are kind of held close to the vest as far as what's coming out in this book. So I'm not entirely sure exactly what's going to happen with that, which I think is going to be one of the fun things about reading it. Yeah. But yeah, there there are some real problems while people are sleeping. All the while, Charlie I don't think I is... can read this because I might just not sleep ever again. <laughs> There's a reason I haven't watched Nightmare on Elm Street, and that's it's that reason right there. It's because I don't think I could ever sleep again. <laughs> Well, and Charlie also has to deal with these people called the Villains, with a capital V, who have a penchant for murder and stamp collecting. So, Kruger. Well, <laughs> first of all, I want to know if they named themselves, since it is Villains with, like, a capital V. <laughs> Knowing Ford, probably so. Probably. It yeah. sounds very Jasper Ford. Yes, yes it yeah, does. Yeah, kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, if you're... If the name is maybe ringing a bell, Jasper Ford wrote the Thursday Next series, starting with The Air Affair, um, and he's just known for lots of fun witty, humorous, right. almost intelligently stupid things. <laughs> and this question. sounds like it's right right along with what he normally writes. Well, sounds sounds like, really good. It sounds like a good read. You've kind of got me sold on it. I've never heard of this author. Well, now you have. Don't, don't hit me. Um, but uh, it's added to my to-be-read list, definitely. All right. So let's move on to what we're geeking out about this month. Um, I have requested to go first because I'm so excited for the new Miles Morales Into the Spider-Verse movie. If anybody knows me, I am completely obsessed with Spider-Man and have been since the fifth grade. I was working on a project the Spider-Man DVD was in, and I was like, what is this? I had never been introduced to superhero Are we talking life. about the Tobey Maguire? Yes, the Tobey Maguire. And okay, like ever good. since then, every Spider-Man anything, I read all the comics, like... I am a Spider-Man fan through and through, but a few years ago, I discovered Miles Morales, who is from the Ultimate Universe, and in his world, Peter dies, and he is bit by a spider that Oscorp has created to try to recreate a Spider-Man, but he gets extra powers, so not only does he have normal powers, he also has camouflage and venom sting, um, something like that. It sounds kind of like the kid on the playground, though, that had to have every single power when you played. (laughs) I mean, he can't fly still. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because there was always that kid who was like, oh, I've got camouflage, and I've got this mat. And it's like, you're too overpowered. You're too OP. He's taken all the powers. Well, he still only has, you know, the sticking and the, well, the smarts for the web slinging. I guess that's not natural, as opposed to some movies, you know, representations. But this movie looks so good. It's introducing a lot of the other characters as well, like Spider-Gwen and a version of Aunt May, who's actually a Spider-Woman, and Spider-Ham. I just, I can't even contain myself. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so excited. (laughs) But it comes out on December 14th, and I'm definitely already watching it twice that week. (laughs) Good for you. I think that's next week, so you better have your vacation time in. Because oh, you're, you're probably going to be, you know, at home geeking out about it. Well, I have Friday <laughs> off, so don't worry. So you're, you're already on that, because actually I think it is Friday. It's Friday, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, okay, I, I went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody in theaters this month. I think it was this, or last month, sorry. I'm still in November, I swear. I <laughs> I went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody with my boyfriend, and I was a little upset he fell asleep while we were watching it in the middle of the theater. And after a while, I just gave up on him. I'm like, fine, you missed the movie. Then I made him apologize to Freddie Mercury in the parking lot because you don't fall asleep to Bohemian Rhapsody. And then apologize to me. You didn't offend me. You offended Freddie. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely love that movie. And anybody who loves Queen or um, old 80s music or Freddie Mercury, they would enjoy that movie, definitely. And I just really enjoyed the fact that they basically recreated Live Aid, something that I was not alive for. Right. So it was something I got to experience, even with my snoring boyfriend next to me. But it was it was a great movie, and I loved it. And I think it's still in theaters, so you should probably go check that out. We also have the soundtrack to the movie here, which is just Queen. But <laughs> it's good. Though. But yeah, that I, the soundtrack came out before the movie hit the theaters, though. We were they were selling it at Meyer well before that. So because I remember being weird, I'm like, um, why is the movie's not even out yet? <laughs> But yeah, the soundtrack's here. You can definitely check that out. But again, it's it's Queen. Um, you've probably heard all of the songs before. And the actor who played Fre- Freddie Mercury definitely did him justice. I'm a little embarrassed about what I'm geeking out over. Please do tell. I'm totally geeking out The Sims 4 right now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's so <great>. Yes. <laughs> yes. They uh, just released a new expansion pack about, you know, being in an actor or a movie star and becoming a famous celebrity. And I have been spending way too much time on my computer playing it. So yeah, if you are a Sims fan and you haven't yet looked into this expansion pack, it is a lot of fun. It's, it's delightful. I enjoy it. So so on that, I'm a little embarrassed myself. I own all of Sims three and all on CD and they're in a CD case. I also own all of Sims 4, except for this new expansion that I did not know existed. Well, aren't you I, glad you talked to me? Yes, I am. I was geeking out over the seasons, and then thunderstorms wouldn't stop happening, so I had to stop. I'm like, you're, you're scaring my dogs in the game. And I was like, okay, I need to stop. Thunderstorms are scaring the animals. And it's kind of make me, making me sad because I can't fix it. Turn the volume down. No, not my animals. The game animals. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> I was confused, too. Thank you for clarifying that. Sorry. No, the game animals. They were being scared. It was making me sad. Okay. Okay, that's understandable. I'm way too invested in my games. I use them as a therapy method because I had control over a whole little world. I could, oh, I don't like you? Fine, you're deleted from my game. 
Go away. Oh, <laughs> On that note, Maureen, please tell us what you're geeking out about. Um, yes, so I have really been into the recent season of Doctor Who that's Ooh. currently airing. Yes. Yes. I'm so uh, Jodie Whittaker is yes. awesome. And I'm still in 10. Um, Doctor 10. I had watched them all as they came out for several years, and then I kind of lost interest after a while because I didn't wasn't a big fan of the storytelling. But the new season is amazing so far, so I've really, really been enjoying that and feeling like I'm back in the Doctor Who universe that I love. So that's cool. That's, that's really, really awesome. good. Yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten to watch her at all. I finally caught up through the last person and haven't moved on to her yet. Unfortunately. Yeah, I didn't even try catching up. I just skipped ahead. So you can <laughs> skip ahead even if you are not caught up. If it you're no interested, you can skip ahead, uh-huh. and it's kind of a reboot. So. Yeah, I um, I missed all of Peter Capaldi's last season, and I didn't really feel lost when I got back into okay. Jodie Whittaker. Okay, that's interesting. I did not like Matt Smith's uh, regeneration at all, and oh, don't give me that look, Lauren. <laughs> I just, I didn't like him. I went from absolutely being in love with David Tennant's regeneration, and then them giving me Matt Smith, who acted like a toddler. And then they go back into Capaldi, who basically, he was a 10 fan. So it was really good. I actually found, I watched World War Z, and there's, towards the end of it, that Peter Capaldi's in it, and he's part of an organization called the Who Doctors. And I was like... Red Hulk organization. I was like, what? That's, that, it was just weird, because it was right yes. before he became the Doctor. I remember that, Yeah. Kind of feel like we could have an entire podcast just about Doctor Who. Probably, oh, it probably already exists, but it's not us. Oh, there are many. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening to us, guys. Um, are we done? <laughs> don't forget to share the word about our new podcast. They might be librarians, a Plainfield Guilford Township Public Library podcast. Please check us out on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or whatever you listen to. Please rate us and review. We would love it if you would give us a really high rating. If you like us, please tell your friends, and if you don't like us, please tell your enemies.